Good morning. My name is Buck Webb. I'm the family pastor here, and uh, I'm excited that you're here today. Uh, thank you for joining us, whether you're online uh, or here in person. And uh, this morning, we're continuing our series called Engaged, and we talk about this idea of what does it mean to partner with the church. Uh, we like the idea of partnership better than membership, because partnership really um, has this idea of an active pro- participant, not just somebody that's passively signing up for something, and we want active participants. Uh, and so starting in week one, uh, Pastor Tim talked about our vision as a church, uh, and really just this idea that, that our vision as a church is we wanna be an inviting church uh, that leads people into a growing relationship with God and with others. Uh, week two, Pastor Tim talked about five catalysts for growth in our spiritual life, uh, and I would put them up on the screen, but I actually want you to go listen to it if you missed it. And so rather than, I'm say, we call that a tease, I think, sometimes. And so if you didn't get to hear that message, I would challenge you to go back. It's a great message, um, and talked about five catalysts for growth in our spiritual life, uh, and so I'd love for you to catch up on that. And then last week, uh, Pastor Tim talked about some of the uh, core beliefs that we have, uh, and he used this quote uh, from Augustine, who's quoted by John Wesley, uh, some guys in the faith. Uh, and it says this, it says, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity or love. And so, and in that message, Tim talked about some of the things that are really essential to us um, as believers and things that we hold dear. Uh, and then talked about the fact that there's a lot of things though that are open-handed or, or things that we would say like, hey, they're not as important, uh, that, that we have beliefs on them, but that, that we have some ability to have variety of beliefs and, and differ in that. Uh, that in no matter what we believe though, uh, that, we're, that God calls us to love one another in that and, and that we should have love toward people uh, and love for people in the way we share those beliefs and the way we talk about those things. And so that brings us to today. Um, and today, um, I'm excited about what we're talking about and I was so excited that I was reminded of a time in middle school. Um, don't we all wanna be brought back to that time when we were in middle school, those awkward years? Uh, and, and for me, I was reminded actually at the time that I joined uh, the marching band uh, I was that cool. Uh, I was cool enough to be in the marching band. Uh, and and I, was, um, I was a trombone player. Uh, and I don't mean to brag, but I was 17th chair. And so, um, you know, uh, I won't tell you how many chairs there were, but there was not many more than 17. Um, I, I was so good uh, as a seventh grade trombone player that in fact, uh, for eighth grade, they asked me to play the tuba. Um, and so this is a picture of me uh, with my tuba and a little bit more hair. And... Uh, yeah, so, but one of the things I found challenging, I don't know if you've ever learned how to play an instrument, uh, but when you, when, when you play the trombone, it's like this, like there's a slide, it's the slidey one, for those of you that are not musically inclined. Um, but when you play the trombone, like there's no like set plate, like there's supposed to be places, but like, it's like where, it's like you just slide it out and you're supposed to hit this like, like fourth and fifth position. And I, it was hard. Like Mr. Pittman did his best. He was a great band teacher. Uh, he loved us really well. And he like kind of patted me on the head like, oh, you're trying so hard. <laughs> um, but I had this question. I don't know if you've, if you've ever like tried to, to learn an instrument or maybe you've tried to learn how to dance or something. Like you had this question. It was always like, hey, am I doing this right like, am I doing this the right way? And you know, if you, like for me, when I played the trombone, the feedback was really quick and obvious, like, no, you are not doing this right. Um, but, but we ask these questions, right? Like, I've been doing this right. Maybe guys, if you're married, you know, you might ask this question, you know, like, hey, am, am I doing this right? You know, or, or, or really the question kind of goes back to like, hey, what do you want me to do, right? Um, and, and, and really, when it comes to church though, I think sometimes we have this question, um, and today we wanna actually answer this question. The, the idea of, hey, what do you want me to do? You know, because for sometimes maybe you, you're new to church or maybe you've been in church a long time and the question you have is like, hey, am I, am I churching right? If I can use church as a verb, which I don't think we're supposed to do that. But anyway, we'll talk about verbs more later. But, 
But in that, like, it's this idea of like, hey, what, what is it that's expected of me? As we've been talking about this idea of partnership, like what, if I've been around here, I wanna jump on board with the mission and vision of the church and, and, and I'm in, what do you want me to do? And one of the things I loved when I switched from trombone to tuba was that tubas have, let me say this right, because it's not vowels, it's valves, all right? They have valves that you get to press and there's like four of them. And I could just like, literally, I could write on the sheet of paper above the notes, like, hey, one and four, two and three, just one, just four. And I knew exactly what I was supposed to do in that moment. And today we wanna help you say, that if you would say like, hey, the Ridge is your home and that you're a partner here, that we want you to help you know what you're supposed to do. What, what's the expectations uh, of a partner? All right, and as we get into this conversation, uh, I wanna just kind of address some of you that are here. Maybe you're new to church. Maybe you're still checking out God. Uh, maybe you're just trying to figure this whole thing out. Maybe you've been here for a little while and you're still not quite sure um, that in this, um, what I want you to understand is that, hey, we're kind of having like a family dinner uh, for our church and talking about who we wanna be. And so it, we don't want you to feel pressured like, hey, I have to do these things in order to just come to here. No, you're always welcome to come. You're always welcome to attend. Uh, but you get to sit in on the family dinner and, and this is where the analogy gets weird. And you get to figure out whether you wanna be part of the family or not. Like you gotta kind of figure that. It's like, so I don't, I'm like, you never really, I guess maybe if you're like dating somebody or engaged. Anyway, but I want you just to feel like, hey, you can come check us out, figure out like, hey, is this the place for me? Like, what's the expectations? How do I get involved? That kind of stuff. Uh, and the other side of that is, is as we talk, we're gonna talk about four verbs today. And as we talk about them, I don't want you to feel like that you have to have, like you have to be all perfect in all these. Like we're all jacked up. We're all messed up in our own ways. God's still working on all of us. We're trying to grow in these areas. And so we're trying to help you figure out like, hey, how do I grow? How do I help us accomplish the mission that God's called us to? Because we really believe that as a church, that, that we are called to impact Morgantown and our surrounding areas with the gospel. And that we use that term gospel a lot. It just means the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. And, and we want to be an inviting church that leads people into a growing relationship with God and with others. All right, so that's kind of our mission. So now before we get into the four verbs, before I tell you, hey, this is what we want you to do, I wanna start with a story from Jesus's life because I think it illustrates really well kind of the heartbeat behind who we are and kind of the 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 ethos, if I can use that word, the, 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 the who, who we wanna be, okay? So turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter five. If you've got a device, if you use version, it's our mobile app um, you, that you can actually look up Chestnut Ridge Church on there and it'll show you all the notes and all the announcements and stuff for the day. Um, <clears throat> but if you've got your Bibles, flip open to Luke chapter five. But before we do that, though, let me pray for us and then we'll get started and jump into the word. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives and what you're doing here uh, through our church. And so God, we just pray that you would just give us clarity as we look at, um, God, what, what, what it is that you're about and who you are. Uh, God, we pray that, that we would make much of, of Jesus today. Uh, God, we pray that we would bring clarity to how we can grow and how we can impact uh, our community, God, and grow uh, as believers together. Uh, we love you, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so look at this story with me, if you would. Luke chapter five, starting in verse 17. And it says this, it says, on one of those days while, while he was teaching, he being Jesus, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Judea and, Je and Galilee and also from Jerusalem. And the Lord's power to heal was in him. Just then some men came carrying on a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him, him being Jesus again. Since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. All right, now, let me pause here. We're gonna keep going with the story in just a second. 
There's some logistical things that when I read through this, maybe nobody else even cares about these or thinks about these things, but I'm just like, wait, how does that work? Okay, so now, first of all, the thing you need to hear is they're in this, this house, okay? It's probably a larger house, and there's people from, it says, all over the region. Like, there's the people from all over. There's religious leaders. There's other kind of people. Uh, there's all these people, and they're sitting there listening to Jesus teach, all right? Then there's this group of guys who pick up this mat. I picture like four guys. It could be six. It could be two. I don't know. But there's a group of guys that pick up this, this guy's mat who's paralyzed, this, their friend, and they say, hey, we've got to get him to Jesus. So then they get to the house where Jesus is at, he's teaching, and it's too crowded for them to get him into the house, so they go up on the roof. Now, getting up on the roof isn't as complicated. They say, the scholars say that oftentimes there was, there was like steps and stuff to get up on the house. Here's the tricky part, though. Jesus is teaching, and they cut a hole or pull out tiles um, in this roof. How does that work? Like, think about that for a second, because it's not like you can just say, like, hey, just cut a small hole, we'll stick him in, like, you know, like, he's gonna fall, like, you know, you can't just do it that way. So, so they're cutting a larger hole, probably. And so does Jesus stop teaching? Like, does he just keep going, like, he doesn't really notice it? Like, hey, ignore that stuff, we're going to one up there. I don't know, I don't, anyway. Things that I think about when I walk through it, maybe you've thought about that. Anyways, but, so, Jesus is teaching, this guy comes down, is lower down, Jesus responds in verse 20. Seeing their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But perceiving their thoughts, which by the way, that's totally not fair of Jesus. Like, can you imagine if your wife had that power? Like, like dude, I just was, I wasn't even, I didn't even say it out loud. Anyways, but perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied to them, why are you thinking this in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. Immediately he got up before them, picked up what had been lying what he'd been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Then everyone was astounded, and they were giving glory to God, and they were filled with awe and said, We have seen incredible things today. And so here's Jesus. He sees this guy, this guy comes down and he, noticed, he notices the faith of not just the guy on the mat, but the friends that brought him. He, he, he saw their faith and he, tells, and he tells the guy, hey, your sins are forgiven. And, and in that moment, he sets up the Pharisees and he sets up the rest of the crowd because what he was doing is he was saying, look, I want the people here to understand that I am God. That it sounds like blasphemy, but it's not because I'm God, I actually have the power to forgive sins. I have the power to do this and to prove it, I'm gonna heal this guy and he's gonna pick up his mat and he's gonna walk out of here. And it was amazing and it should be amazing. And in this moment, Jesus takes this time to say, look, I have the ability and the power to do what I've done. And he kind of shows like, hey, look, it would be blasphemy for anybody to say this unless they weren't, if they weren't God, but I am God and I have the power to forgive sins. And for some of you here today, you need to hear that. You, you need to hear that, hey, Jesus is here and he has the ability to forgive you of the things that you've done in your past. He has the ability of, he has the ability, this will blow your mind for a second if you think about it, he has the ability to forgive you of the sins that you're gonna do in the future. And that in him, Jesus says, look, you can trust me and then he kind of proves it by saying like, hey, I'm gonna heal this guy just to kind of show you that. And this morning, this whole thing that we do when we talk about inviting people, 
to lead them into a growing relationship with God and others. It really is because we believe that this is true. We believe that we can trust God with our lives. We can trust God with the things that are in our past, the things that are in our future. We can trust God with the things that we don't understand. We can trust God with the times that, that we're hurting, with the times that when things are going well, that, that God is in control and then we can trust him. And then we can put our faith and trust in him to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all the things that are wrong in our life. And because that's true, it fuels who we are and what we wanna be about. And I love the picture that's in this, that's, it's in the first part of this. It's these, these guys, you know, I'll, I'll say four guys, I don't know if it's actually four guys or whatever, but, but you have this group of men that who knows how far they came from, that they had this friend who was paralyzed and they said, look, we know a guy, we know somebody, we're gonna trust that he can fix this situation, we, that he can heal this. And so they took him and they, they got to the door and if it were me, I'd be like, oh, Jesus is like really busy and he's in the middle of teaching. And so I'll just, we'll just wait outside and like, hey, maybe we can hear some things. And I'm sure when he's done, he might have some time for us. And so we'll just wait here. But these guys were like, no, 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 no. This is so important. This is so urgent. We're not gonna wait. We're gonna go and we're gonna go on top of the roof. We're gonna cut a hole and get him to Jesus. And as a church, we want to be a church full of mat carriers full of men and women who would carry the mat for our friends, for our neighbors, for the people that are our coworkers, because they need to hear the good news about who Jesus is, and that's who we want to be. And I had a, a friend of mine who said this really well, and I love the way, this, the way he illustrated this. He said, look, if you're a follower of Jesus, he said, you're either somebody who's on the mat or you need to be somebody who's carrying it. And that's what I would say would be true about us is that, look, some of you are, are going through things in your life that like the paralyzed guy, that there's things in your life that are paralyzing you for this mo in, in the moment. And maybe it's just, you're going through a crisis of faith or you're still fit, or maybe you're here today and you're just trying to figure out this whole God thing and, and you just need to, to, to help lean into somebody else's faith for a little bit to help you move into that direction. For some of you, you're going through relational struggles. You're going through, through some of your, the, the, maybe it's your past and just the choices you've made in the past and you would say, man, I'm paralyzed by the choices I made in the past. You need to trust that, that, that Jesus can forgive you of those things. But for all of us, what I would say is God has called us to be mat carriers. And if we're to impact Morgantown and the, and the surrounding areas and the communities, and I know many of you come from beyond there, that we need to carry the mat for others. And so the question is, is okay, how do I carry the mat for others? What do you want me to do? And we, we have four verbs that we kind of talk about when we talk about, hey, what do we want you to do? And these are things that help us again. When we talk about the church, a lot of times it's easy to think about this building and maybe the staff and the people like, oh yeah, that's the church. And, and that's not the picture we see in the New Testament. The picture we see in the New Testament is the church is all of us together. It is, it is everyone that calls the rich home. It is, the, it is like you're, you are the body of Christ and we'll talk about that in a second. All right, but so the four things, the first one is we want you to connect into a group that we love, like we, we think you should come on a, on a regular basis to, our, to one of our services. But if you just sit in those rows, you're not going to grow the way you should. Like, like that if you're still checking things out and you wanna sit in a row for a little bit, that's okay. But if you're just, always just in a row, you're not gonna grow in the way that God intends for you. That, that God designed you to, to, the picture we see in the New Testament is that, that all the believers would gather together and, and grow with one another in community. That life transformation happens best in the context of a group of people. And you need to find your few. We're, we're a large church 
And, and part of that, the beauty of that is you can come and be anonymous for a little while, but if you stay anonymous, you're, you're gonna get to a point and you're not gonna grow anymore. You're gonna get to, and, and that God has designed us to grow together. Uh, we believe this so much, in fact, that let me put my family pastor hat on for just a second, that, that it is part of our strategy, part of the way we do things that, that <clears throat> let me tell you a pet peeve of mine. And if you've done this before, it's okay. You, you didn't mean anything by it. You're just asking where your kids could go while you sat in service. But people will ask me, hey, do you guys have childcare on Sunday mornings? And I will usually say like, hey, yeah, we have kids programming on the service. And, and what they mean is, is there a place for my kids to go? What I wanna tell them is, is no, 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 we don't just do, we just don't watch your kids while you're here. Like A, we teach them about Jesus and B, we connect them to a small group. We connect them to a caring leader and a consistent group of peers because we think it's so important that, that when they do this life thing that we want them to do it with other people. If you're an elementary age parent, not that you're elementary age, but if you're a parent of elementary age kids, that could get weird. Anyway, <clears throat> if you have elementary age kids um, today, right after this service, uh, we actually want to set, we have an open house for you to go and meet your kid's small group leader. Um, that, that we have kids that show up every, we have, small group leaders that show up every single week um, and they connect with your kids. Uh, And so parents, one of the things I would challenge you with is, hey, as you begin to call the rich home, find the service time that works for you, whether it's the nine or the 11, and stick to that service because every week we're trying to put a small group leader in your kid's life that you can partner with, that you can get to know. And so one of the things that we want to do is introduce you to them today. They're gonna give you a little business card, tell you some things about like what it means to be part of a small group because we want kids to know that that when you grow up as a follower of Jesus, that part of that is growing up with other people. Why is this important? It's so important because you need people in your life. You need people to challenge you to grow. You need people to know when you're struggling with something. You need people to know that, hey, look, there's some, there's some hard things going on at your job. You need people to pray with you. You need people to, to pick you up off the mat. That when you're going through hard things, there's other people around you that can surround you and care for you and love you that, that we're not gonna be able to know. That if you come and you just sit in these rows, that, that we don't always, no one may know what's going on in your life. And we want to, as a church, be the kind of people that, that love one another well. If you're an adult, obviously this is important. Like our goal is that from the time you're born to the time you, you, you die, if you come to the ridge, um, that you've got a small group of people around you that know you, that care about you, and that are pushing you to love Jesus more. So if you're an adult, one of the things we challenge you with is today, we talked about it already in our Couples Connect, all right? So if you're a married adult, you're engaged, uh, right after the service, we actually have an event uh, to connect you to couples and, and we have space for you, we have childcare, go. Don't, don't, you don't have to pray about that. If you're not connected in a group, go connect. Um, you know, <clears throat> if you're single, uh, we're not leaving you out. Uh, in a few months, or not in a few months, in a few weeks, we've got a single series coming up. Um, we want our single adults to connect into groups as well. Uh, you don't have to wait till just then. Uh, we're starting to form some of those groups uh, for singles, for marrieds. Uh, wherever you're at in life, we've got a group. And there's, there's a ton more groups that I could, could name, but I can't name them all. Um, if you go to our, our groups page, there's there. Um, if you're like, hey, I wanna connect, go find somebody out in the lobby, um, email. Um, if you're like, hey, I'm, I'm really busy, I got something right after the service, groups at theridge.church. Uh, and here's one of, one of the things I'm gonna tell you is this is gonna cost you some of your time. You're gonna have to rearrange your schedules and it's so worth it. I cannot emphasize to you enough how much we want you to connect into a group. All right, so that's the first way you can partner with us. Second way is to serve. Um, 
And in that, we want you to find a place to serve um, and use your gifts and talents. There's a metaphor that the Bible talks about a lot when it, when it talks about the church. And maybe you've heard this if you grew up in church, you've been around church a little while, and you've heard about the body of Christ, right? And it's this illustration about how, how the church is kind of like a body. Um, and, and, it, and the way it moves and that kind of stuff, and the way it functions, it functions like a body, all right? And listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter four when he's writing to the church at Ephesus. He says this, he says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every, single, by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for the building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. And there's this picture that the church works together, that, that the way it's designed and the way it's created is it has all these different members and parts and, and that when the, when the church works best, it's when everybody's serving in their role, when everybody's finding the place where they serve one another well. So for example, my wife had, uh, who's watching online, hey babe, um, <clears throat> she's watching online because she had knee surgery about 10 days ago. Um, and, so we've, and so she's found out really, really quickly like what it's like when part of your body isn't working. You know? And her, our, our kids and myself are finding out as well, like, oh wow, here's all the things that mom does that she can't do right now because her body's not working the way it normally does. And now she's doing great, she's, she's gonna recover well and all that. But in that though, that, that's what the body's meant and designed to be like, is that we need all the individual parts to help us grow the way God calls us to. Uh, one of the things I tell our staff all the time, when, when you read that, that passage at the beginning there where it talks about equipping the saints, by the way, if you grew up maybe in a Catholic background, they talk about saints as being people who had to do miracles and that kind of stuff. Uh, when the Bible uses the term saints, it's it, it referring to those that are believers, that, that, that it's referring to anybody that's a follower of Jesus, uh, and so, which would be all of us. Um, and, and in that, one of the things I tell our staff all the time is like, look, look, your job is not to do ministry. Your job is to equip the body to do the work of ministry that the way that God designed and functioned us is that, is that it's not a few paid people that, that, that do ministry, it's that the church does ministry. And when the church does ministry, by the way, again, we, so often we think about the church as this building and maybe a few staff people and a couple of really committed volunteers or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, that's the church I go to, whatever. And no, 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 you are the church. That as a follower of Jesus, that, that God has given you and equipped you with gifts and talents and abilities and he's designed you to serve the body and to love one another well. And, and what I would say is, hey, find the spot where God has gifted you and given you. And if you'd say, where does that look like? How can, what does that practically look like? Here's what I would challenge you with first, is that if you've been around the ridge for a while, that our number one need in all of our ministries is small group leaders. We need small group leaders for adults, for senior adults, for teenagers, for regular adults, for in between it, I don't know what non-regular adults look like exactly, but um, all the adult peoples, um, if you would consider yourself an adult, or even if you wouldn't and you're over 18, you count. Um, but like, we need small group leaders for adults. There's a ton of different varieties and capacities and things that that looks like. We need small group leaders for teenagers. We need small group leaders for preschoolers and infants. That, that our number one need is for people to care for and love and relationally be in community with one another. And if you've been around and, and you've been a believer for a little while, I would challenge you, hey, that's probably a step that I would challenge you to think about, to pray about. Don't pray too long because we hide behind that, by the way, sometimes, don't we? It's like, I'm gonna pray about it for a little while and maybe in a couple of years, God will tell me to do that. 
If you're looking for a sign from God, here it is. You should do that, okay? Now, in that, there's other opportunities besides, like we, and we need other things in that. Um, for some of you, you love to do things that other people would think, this is dumb. I hate this. Why would anybody want to do this? Like, you like to organize things. You, you like to put stuff, like, you like to put Cheerios in baggies. You like to, um, and again, I don't know. There's things that, like, administrative-wise, that to me, I'm just like, oh, that sounds so miserable. And, and we were talking on our team the other day, like, you, people actually like to do that. It's like, yes, some people love to do that. That's their gift. Why? Because God's wired us in different ways. Uh, you can, there's a lot of opportunities for you to, to join our team. We need, we need greeters on Sunday mornings. We need parking lot people. We, we need people to come in during the middle of the week and do admin to help put together boxes that our small group leaders for Sunday morning do. Like, there's tons of opportunities. In a couple of weeks, we're gonna have our serve board uh, that we have, you may have seen out there where it has just like some really explicit opportunities. Um, that's a great way to get plugged in to find out, hey, here's some opportunities. Here's a place that I might, I might be, all right? The reason that we need you to do this is one, to help us accomplish our mission, to be a mat carrier for somebody else. But two, the benefit that you get, when you get to walk with somebody else and watch them grow, it does something in you. God moves in you. You'll never grow, you know, then when you get, when you step out in faith and say, you know, God, I'm not sure if I'm ready for this or not. I don't know how to do this exactly, but I think you're calling me to help lead this. And and God, I I, I wanna be faithful to what you're asking me to do. And then you'll watch God step up. Because why? Because you're exercising that faith muscle. You're saying, okay, God, I'm gonna trust you in this area. I'm gonna trust you to move through me even though I don't know what this looks like. Even though I'm not sure how to do this exactly, I'm gonna trust in you. And we put our faith and trust in God and we, and we, and we trust him with those things. Um, he shows up and our relationship grows deeper in him. Connect in a group. Find a place to serve the body. Third, give financially. And I know this is the weird part of the sermon where people are like, oh, he's gonna talk about money. It's kind of awkward. What, are, like, what does this look like? All right, so let me, let me just kind of start off with saying like, hey, it is, sometimes it can feel weird. Um, and I don't know why that is. So I'm not gonna give you a reason of why. It's just, it's like, oh, you want my money or whatever. So let me, let me say some things to begin with is A, um, none of the staff in our church plan to buy a jet like with the money that you give us, Okay. Um, we actually have a financial review coming up that sh- kind of shows where all of our money goes. Um, that's not who we are. The reason we ask you to give to our church is so that you get, is so, is so that we can accomplish the mission that God has called all of us, again, as the collective church to be about and to do in our community. And so that people can hear about who Jesus is and what he wants to do in their lives. And that when you, that when you give financially, it helps support that. And so one of the things, some things that we would say about that is we want you to give joyfully, we want you to give regularly, uh, we want you to give sacrificially, that, that we want you to say, hey, I wanna partner with the church, I wanna help carry the mat financially. It helps keep the lights on, it helps us do the ministries that we do. Um, and so in that, what does that look like practically speaking? All right, and practically, and again, I could, that, like, this whole giving thing is a whole message, like all four of these could be a whole message on themselves, so I, I apologize if you feel like I'm going through this really quickly. But um, when it comes to finances, you know, in the Old Testament, God kind of set a, set a standard he called tithing, all right? Tithing literally means 10%. If that number freaks you out, don't worry, I'll get to that in a second, okay? But, but in the Old Testament, he told, he told the people of Israel, he said, hey, I want you to give back 10% of your flocks and sheep and herds and crops, and basically the things that they made a living on and, and the way that they were sustained. He said, because what I, and, and the reason he did that is because he knows our hearts and he knows who we are. And he knows that one of the number one things that happens in our lives is that, is that stuff and things and money oftentimes will begin to crowd out our affection for who God is and what he wants for our lives. 
And so what God set up is he said, hey, when you begin to give some of that away, that, that helps our affection stay on Jesus. It helps our affection stay toward who God designed us to be. And so I know when I, when I throw out that 10% number, for a lot of you, that kind of freaks you out a little bit, and that's okay. Um, and here's what I would say is, we're not, we, we'd say that's a good guide for New Testament believers. Um, it's not something that we feel like it's like this legalistic thing, like, hey, you have to do this. But we'd say, hey, but we would challenge you to become a percentage giver. That we feel like a percentage of your income should be going to the church, going to the local church, going to what God's doing. Uh, and so what I would challenge you with is if you've never, never made that choice to become a regular giver, uh, to, to trust God with your finances, uh, then we would say, hey, start with a percentage. It could be 1%. It could be 3%. Like figure out what that percentage is and begin to set that as a priority. What this looks like in my household um, I grew up um, from the time in church my whole life, and um, my parents kind of talked to me about what, what it looked like to tithe. And so, you know, like when I made 100 bucks at, at the fast food restaurant, you know, I would take 10 bucks out and put that aside. And, and here's the deal it's never simple. Like, there's time, like, so in our household, when my wife and I got married, we agreed that, hey, we wanted to be percentage givers. Uh, we wanted to ask God to actually that we could grow beyond that uh, and grow in our percentage on a regular basis. <clears throat> and and it's been amazing. I could tell you a bunch of stories about how God's been faithful even in times when we say, like, man, can we still do this or not? Um, but, but what I would say in that is for us, we, we've said, hey, every time I get paid, we've got, we, we actually automate that. Um, and for some of you, like, hey, that doesn't feel very spiritual. And I'm like, no, but you automate what's important in your life, right? That like, your mortgage, like my mortgage payment, like I automate that so that it gets paid every single month because it's important that I want to have a roof over my head. And like, it's important to me, so I'm gonna automate that. You know, my car payment, the, the things I want to get paid on time, I go ahead and automate that. And so it's not, and so it doesn't take it out of the spiritual realm because we pray over it, like, hey God, what would you call us to give? What does that look like in our lives? Uh, and then we just got it set up so that every time we get paid, a, portion, a percentage of our income goes back to the church. And so I would just challenge you with that. And, and here's what I would say is, again, if you're new to this and you're like, man, the church just wants some more money, we don't care about your money, all right? Let me hear, let me hear you say that. It is not about us, it is about, hey, you help partner with us. And if you would call the church home and you're ready, you're ready to do that. If you're new to us, then, then when you're ready to give and, you, and you're saying, hey, we wanna support that, come on. Until then, feel free to just come and attend and like we're not asking you to give. If you call the church home, we would say, hey, we feel like this is a step that you need to, to begin to move toward and, and, and to move in. All right, and so then I would just challenge you. What is, what is God calling you to grow in in that area? What does it look like, again, to be a mat carrier for somebody else? I'm so excited about next week with the baptism service because next week you get to see the tangible results of where the money goes. You get to hear the stories of how God's changing lives. You know, we're gonna see 20 people next weekend get baptized. And it's gonna be an amazing service. And so if you, if you don't have plans, make plans. I know there's some other thing going on that evening. Uh, we'll be out in plenty of time for that. Uh, but one of the most exciting things that's gonna happen next Sunday uh, is gonna be the life change that you're gonna get to hear about uh, on Sunday morning. And so I challenge you to come back for that. And then finally, the fourth thing is inviting. So we want you to connect, we want you to serve, we want you to give, and we want you to invite. And when we talk about inviting, it's really this twofold idea. It's we want you to invest and invite. Invest in a relationship so that you can invite them um, into a relationship with Jesus. So invest and in, in, we want you to invite them both to our services because we think that's, there's great opportunities for them to come and hear about God in non-threatening ways. Uh, but we also want you to invest and invite and then relationally so that you can invite them into a relationship with Jesus. Uh, you know, if you're old school, we call this evangelism, but it's really just telling people about what God's done in your life and, and how much he can make a difference in theirs. Um, and so when we talk about this idea of investment, that there's different levels of investment, right? That, that you know, you have like, you know, I was talking to, to one of the guys on staff and he's like, yeah, he said every, 
you know, like at Christmas time, I got a bunch of those cards that you guys give out, those invite, they would call them invite cards. Um, and he's like, I would just hand them to the cashiers as I was going out. You know, and why? Because the, the, invest, the investment level that you have in that relationship is very low. So just handing the cards, like, hey, I go to the Ridge. I think you'd love the services. If you've if you got some time to come check it out, I think it would be great for you. You know, that's a really easy invite, right? But then you've got some other relationships. Maybe they're coworkers, maybe they're neighbors, maybe they're family members that you've been in a relationship with a long time. You've got a lot of investment in that relationship. And we would challenge you to say, hey, at some point, invite them into a relationship with Jesus. And, and in that, you're like, man, I don't know all the words to say. I don't know what to do. Like, what does it look like? Here's what I would just simply say. In, in order to invite somebody into a relationship with Jesus, the, the easiest thing for you to do is just share your story. Very rarely when you share a story will somebody say like, dude, I can't believe you would say that. You know, like a lot of times they're like, hey, that's cool for you, you know, but just tell them, hey, look, let me tell you about what God's done in my life. Let me tell you about the time that I met Jesus and, and the difference that he makes in my life. And man, I'd, I'd love to... I'd, you know, I'd love to just share that with you if you don't mind. And it takes a few minutes. And again, it's not about do you have all the theological terms right or all these things. Hearing your story is one of the most life-changing things for, for a lot of people. And, and if you think about your own story, who was it that invited you into a relationship with Jesus? Who, who was it that invited you? Maybe, for the, maybe there was a person that invited you to church and there was another person that you met at church that said, hey, come do life with me. Let's walk along this journey. Let me show you what it means to follow Jesus and, and to love him more. So we want you to connect, we want you to serve, we want you to give, and we want you to invite. Those are the four things when you ask, hey, what is, what is it that you want me to do to partner with the church to help us to accomplish the vision, the mission that we have of being an inviting church that leads people into a growing relationship with God and others? Those are the four areas. And here's the deal, we're not asking you to be perfect in all those, but we, we would say, hey, we want you to be growing in these areas. And asking God, God, what does it mean for me? You know, and so for, for this morning, you might have heard a step that you're like, hey man, I, this is the next step for me. This is the place I need to grow and this is the area that I need to go. All right, and so we've been talking about this whole idea of partnership. Uh, Pastor Tim's talked about how we're having a book. Um, next week, we'll have the books printed. They're on the way. They're not here yet, but we wanted to get to them into your hands, and so, um, so we can get them into your hands digitally. Uh, if you go to theridge.church slash partnership, um, you'll see uh, our, the whole partnership manuals there. You can read through all those things. Um, if you're ready to jump in with us and join us in, in what, what God's called us to, there's a partnership covenant that you can fill out right there online. Um, and so fill that out. There's a place, as you're reading through that, if you have questions and you're like, hey, I'm not quite ready for this yet, but I do have some questions about it, there's a box that you can check and says, hey, I've got questions. Can somebody talk to me? And we'll follow up with you. And we wanna have conversations. Throughout this whole process, we wanna have some conversations with you. We wanna help answer those questions. And so after you fill that out, um, you'll get an email instantly that will be part two of the Partnership Covenant, which is the Get to Know You form. After you fill out the Get to Know You form uh, and you click, send on that, then somebody will follow up and finalize partnership with you and talk with you about any questions you might have for, for that as well. Um, and so we're excited about what God is doing here at the Ridge. We're excited uh, that you would want to partner with us um, and what God has for us in store in the future. Um, and so again, uh, we would love to answer any questions you have. Uh, we would love to, to partner with you um, as we impact this area with the gospel of Jesus and the good news about who he is. Let me pray for you and then we'll be dismissed. God, I thank you for um, who you are and what you've done in our lives. God, I pray that it would be true that, you, that we would just continue to see exciting things uh, that you're doing. God, that we continue to hear the stories like we're gonna hear next week. Um, God, I, I just pray that you would just send out your laborers into the harvest. God, that you would just make us as a church, God, just better mat carriers for the people that we love and care about. Uh, God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.